Yeah. Neither one of us reached out to the other one and said, should we dress for the for the holidays? And yet here we both are. I'm wearing a Doctor Who themed ugly sweatshirt. And Mr. Enriquez is bringing some real holiday heat over there with, with I'm your dressed, I'm, I'm dressed as Dunstan, Dustin the Christmas Dunce from the famous story. That's not the real. Famous, I just made it up. From the famous story. We all, you all might remember the Christmas story. Or a Christmas story. We will never forget the story. No. Sidebar, a Christmas story, the musical, currently playing at the Amundsen Theater. Wonderful. Oh, terrific. Perhaps I'd win tickets as a major award. uh, And there is, Alex, there is a song that is literally called Major Award. And it is, it's arguably the best part of the show. It's like an old, like, 20s style with like tap dancing. And at one point, Alex, there is a kick line and everyone is lined up and everyone is also holding a lamp and it they kick their leg and then they kick the lamp leg. And it is absolute freaking chef's kiss. Amazing. Anyway, we'll save that for my musical theater podcast called Tony time. And we're- <laughs> can I ask you a question about Christmas story? I mean, it's been on a lot lately. I wonder You're why. So- you're supposed to want to have sex with the mom, right? Is that one of the takeaways? Oh, yeah. Okay, she's, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's what's her name? I turn up. For, she's in um. She's in a bunch. She's in a, uh, a closer, the, closer the future kind of third ex, kind. Mrs. Enriquez. If you want to <laughs> get technical about it, hey oh. Um, welcome everybody to Fan Control Fandom. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, welcome to Fan Controlled Fandom. This is all things in the cape space. We are talking characters who wear capes, superheroes wear capes, people who fight dragons wear capes, people who fly starships through galaxies far, far away, they also wear capes, and we're going to talk about it here. Alex, how are you? I'm doing very well. I'm I'm very up in my Christmas spirits. How are you? I'm very I'm getting there too. I I have been talking about how the fact that Christmas is on a Monday and like everybody seems to be working like up until like my kid is still in school. Like it feels like we're going to be ramping up pretty quickly here. And, uh, you know, but I'm getting yeah, into it. I'm getting into yeah. the holiday spirit. I also heard that the final two nights of Hanukkah are on Christmas Day, which is weird. It's like everybody's trying to like make like that's close out that ab- year strong. That's absolutely incorrect. Hanukkah has already ended. It ended on mm-hmm. the 15th. So, yep, that's true. <laughs> I'm going to have to check my notes. Sorry about check that. Check your notes. Um, it ended on the 15th. Anyway. Okay. Well, you know what? Agree to disagree. I'm feeling very good. I'm feeling very ready. Now, actually, an yeah. aside, too, and a personal note. Kenny and All I are both asides. people. Kenny, much more than me, but we are both people whose partners have Christmas adjacent birthdays. In fact, Christmas, you're you're dead on Christmas. Uh, Christmas you know. proper. Where when is when is your wife's birthday? Christmas Eve? December 18th. So it's one uh, week. One week. Uh, yeah, which... No, my my wife is smack dab on Christmas, baby. Right there. She is a Christmas baby, literally. And so what we do is Christmas in the morning, and then we do birthday at the nighttime. And here is the deal. I cannot give her her birthday presents are wrapped or put in birthday wrapping and or bags. Do not wrap the birthday presents in the Christmas wrapping for good reason, because, you know, she's got to have some delineation there. So, you know, I've got the birthday presents are ready to go. The Christmas presents are ready to go. In fact, I just got a little stocking stuffer like 10 minutes ago. So, you know, 
stuff there's always stuff in motion there's always wheels in motion kind of like the world of fandom <laughs> oh crap god that was stunning I know, stunning i know we are going to be talking about as it says here what if we talked about what if because uh what if season two of what if uh marvel's what if dropped on disney plus at midnight this morning this just dropped today we had every intention of going to see aquaman Kind of hard to go see it when it opens on Thursday night, so we're going to talk about it next week, and maybe we'll do talk. We'll talk obviously talk more what if next week because we're going to we'll get into that when we talk about what if, and maybe even some Rebel Moon. But first, we got to get to the quick pieces of nerd news. It's quick hits. Are you ready? Let's do it, baby. Here it comes. Quick, 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 quick hits. That gets me. I'm glad I get to hear that every Friday because it really gets me cooking for my weekend, man. I it know. really just. If I was somebody, if I was somebody who had actual free time, what I would do is I could have made like a Christmassy, like some put some jingle jangles in there and, you know, make it sound like, you know, like it was a Christmas quick hits. But, you know, I don't have free time. That's that's like it's asking for a lot. Well, oh, BC uh, Col- Lion. Colby, Colby down at Fan Controlled was supposed to get on all that. Colby, uh, the intern, really let us down. Colby, thank you. Come you on, know what Colby. Colby's what? last name is? And it's really funny. What? Jack. Colby Jack Cheese. Um, mm-hmm. BC Lions says, quick hello and Merry Christmas to you both. Hey. No, oh, BC Lions. BC Lions. Love it. BC Lions. Freddie Airmail says, well, agreed. I disagreed to agree to a disagree. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. And Kalinda Madden says, this league died so hard. And if that's what you're taking away from this, then we've done our job. Um, so let's What a get- cool and appropriate thing to say to the the what you've seen so far. What an apropos comment. I, I It's almost like we have a third host on the on the broadcast. I love it. Um, so the big news this week, there's two kind of big news. The big, big, big news is something that we've been talking about for uh, weeks here. Um it's the Jonathan Majors of it all. So, you know, for those who don't know Jonathan Majors, I don't know how you could not know this. He was poised to be the Thanos of the whole next uh, wave of the Marvel uh, cinematic universe. Whatever your thoughts are on what the content is, regardless, Jonathan, it was an exciting casting. He was an, kind of an up-and-coming uh, actor who in his first sighting on season one of Loki was just absolutely electric and magnetic and constantly showed even in Adam, uh, Ant-Man and the Ant-Man and the Wasp. I can talk sometimes. Quantum mania was electric in that as well. He's, you know, was, but uh, he was arrested and arraigned. And on this week he was convicted of uh, assault of his ex-girlfriend. And uh, so as a result, Marvel and Disney dropped him from all of their upcoming properties. So that's where we are. So we don't know. They're, they're, it's out there in the world. They don't know what is going to be happening. Either they're going to be replacing Kang with a different actor. They're going to be, which I read somewhere that no actor kind of wants to go near that right now. <laughs> so, Except maybe Terrence Howard. Oh, he's like Terrence Howard is waiting for that call. Or like Kevin Spacey would be like, <laughs> definitely would take that call. That guy. They just go after actual villains. That fool. <laughs> that fool was acquitted and then was like, okay, Hollywood, welcome me back. Like, get out of here, you jerk. Anyway. Yeah. Um, just because you weren't a criminal doesn't mean you ain't a creep. Exactly. And uh, so the more likely thing that I think is going to happen is there is going to be some sort of like slow pivot to another baddie, Dr. Doom, um, 
Replace him with Patrick Dees. No one will notice. No one will notice. Patrick Dees, of course, is the, I don't know if you know who Patrick Dees is, Alex. He's one of the co-founders of fan-controlled sports. Um, big, tall, lanky, like six foot seven redhead. Could not be paler. And yeah, I think if you replaced Jonathan Majors with him, I, I don't think anyone would notice. New character. Going off of what you just said, he's the impaler. And he uses his uh, blinding whiteness to. I mean, blinding I don't know whiteness. this man. I've never. I'm just going off your bare description. But. He was. I think. I think he would be okay with being called blinding whiteness. <laughs> In fact, I'm pretty sure. I'm. I mean, I feel like that's an apt description of me. Blinding whiteness. Um, yeah, I think that's where they're going. I think. I think it's doom. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I, it's going to be something where they might have like take some digital Jonathan majors that they did for quantum mania, the post credit sequence and just digitally put them in into like a bunch of timelines and Dr. Doom somehow destroys all of them in like a really quick sequence. And that's it. I mean, people have also posited that this character could and maybe should have been played by multiple actors in the first place. Yeah. Which I'm totally cool with. And I feel like, you know, there there's no it's multiverse it's whatever you can do whatever it's comics who cares like we've already replaced actors there's you know don Cheadle and mark ruffalo both both their characters were played by different people to start like just just go for it move on it's not a big deal blinded by the white is what freddie airman says <laughs> and i love it that's uh, fantastic um yeah so this is big news and i think you know this coming into 2024 we'll probably learn more and more just announcement wise, I don't think we're going to getting, as we talked about last week, we're only getting like three things and we're only getting one movie and two live action TV shows. One of which is echo, which comes out in like two weeks. Uh, so I don't think we're going to be getting any sort of like actual like content that's going to address this, but I'm sure that there'll be some sort of announcement at some point in 2024. I hope so. Just at least to kind of keep things going. So I think in the absence of content, you still need to have your brand be represented um and i think you know we'll probably see some big splashy multimedia presentation sort of maybe announcing what the next stages will be maybe d23 or something i was just saying really... if only there was a place where people who are fans of comic books could go i don't know somewhere in southern california maybe san diego and and at this event they could have this big event where you gather all the people who are comic used to be kind of comic book fans, but now are just kind of like any sideways TV show that somehow even closely touches comics. They can have a panel. And then at that panel, they could announce it. I mean, I mean I'm just spitballing. Look, just uh, Kenny, let me pull you aside here. If you're going to just talk nonsense on the podcast, you got to <laughs> warn me if you're, are you having a stroke? Is everything okay at home? No, I'm because good. That what was if utter nonsense. Can I throw out another a what if before we start talking about what if? What, what if, if? And and look, don't be a coward. Kevin, Kevin Feige, there's a lot of options you have here. But here's a what if. At Comic-Con, you just bring out Brolin holding the Infinity Gauntlet and just have him walk out and say, I am inevitable. And just bring back Thanos. Why not? Yeah. And he snaps and, and half the people in the room are vaporized too. Just like that. Snap of the fingers. Snap. I love I love how he's always de they classically depict Thanos snapping and he has a very jaunty finger in the air whenever he snaps. It's always fun. Finger in the air. Uh the other big news this week which was came out I think this was yesterday's news which it's not like directly 
involved in fandom, but if it is something that happens, it would be kind of doom for all content, which is where I think we're going, which is that Warner Brothers and Paramount supposedly are talking about a merger, which would just be insane. Like the, the Disney Fox merger was done purely for um, content. Disney wanted more content to fill up their platform. They could say that they wanted the X-Men, but I doubt that was the main reason. They just wanted content to fill out their platform. I don't know what the end game of this. I don't know if it's just because Max and Paramount Plus are like two okay platforms. So if they thought they merged these two okay platforms, then it'll be like a good one, question mark. But, you know, I, there's just I, a I can lot there. Things. That's like what DC the, the 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 DC Star Trek crossover we've been waiting for frankly yes which already happened in the comic books but uh i mean for one they already between the two of them owned all the broadcasting rights to March Madness now that would be all in one shop that has these two kinds of streaming platforms on the one hand you have uh the Warner Discovery people who their only foray into broadcast i think is still the CW but that's not like an owned and operated thing like CBS is. And then you join CBS News, CNN. Like there, there are some compatibilities. There are some gaps where you see the two of them coming together have, I don't know, more force than media. That's not a good thing, I don't think. But uh, yeah, you know, I, from, an it, from an investor standpoint, you see where they can diversify even more so than the Disney Fox thing. Because the Fox thing stripped off a lot of the things that Disney already had. The thing that I find fascinating about this is all of these platforms, streaming platforms that studios own and run, they want to be, we used to have, I'm going to be like old man on the, on this porch right now. We used to have cable that used to have everything. And then we streaming sites like Netflix offered alternatives. And then now everybody is wanting to have their own alternative. But what we are slowly doing is melding all of these platforms like Disney Hulu is I believe Hulu's going to go away eventually because Disney you there's who there is a Hulu kind of hub on Disney Plus as there is a Marvel hub as there is a Star Wars hub so you're not going to be you're going to be going there and if Max and Paramount Plus which Max already merged with Disney uh, Discovery Plus I feel like we're just getting more and more to just one platform with everything which is cable so i don't like it's to me it's like there, yeah. at some point there has to be like enough like the monster has to be fed at some point i don't like i understand that but discover warner discovery especially because they just they only took over the platform like two years ago and they're already like hey, can we merge with somebody else like come on dog just make better content well, this I reading about this that like it it did remind me that the Discovery Warner Discovery thing is already a series of mergers like Discovery Scripts, Discovery Scripts Warner, Discovery Scripts Warner, then Paramount, and then they'll all get bought by Apple or something. But Disney I will buy it all. Disney will buy it all. It, it's uh, well, I, it's, uh, any bigger than this within the industry, you start to run into major anti trust concerns and i can't i can't imagine concerns, this gets through i can't but i mean the disney fox thing went through so but i can't imagine a world where this just the two companies merge they would have to get rid of some stuff i can't imagine they would let them have cbs and this and that. like there's just 
I don't know who. Who they could spin one? the entire CBS operation off into its own thing. CBS can be independent of the parent. And because who wants to be in broadcast anymore anyway? You get rid of all those like affiliates and whatever, get them off the balance books. Now you're even more that's attractive. What, that's what Fox did for Disney was they got rid of all the affiliates. I have a friend who worked, used to work for Fox Sports. And then because uh, Disney already had ESPN, they didn't let them include Fox Sports 1 in like the main Fox Sports in the the sale. So they broke that off. Fox Sports still exists as its own entity. But then the Fox local affiliates just got completely left and they got bought by Sinclair Media, which has since uh. filed for bankruptcy. So, you know, welcome back to business chat. Um <laughs> To get back to more it is a wild land and underscore your point it's a wild landscape and it nobody is. nobody knows what's going to happen next and the packaging of some of these streaming platforms with like wireless deals or devices doesn't help because you're onboarding new members in weird ways that bolster the number of new members for the balance sheets and the stockholders over in the the media side so like every you know they're they're counting everybody who signs up to get a new phone with Verizon that automatically gets Disney Plus or whatever as a new subscriber. And that makes the stockholders over at Disney happy. It's it's really wild times. And the reason why it's, it's pertinent to what we are talking about is because the big over, like this content is important, but it in what is coming more and more important is the content is not the most important thing to the top to the people of these studios. They are businesses that just happen to make content at this point so yeah. if Warner, if warner brothers and paramount merge david zasloff who is notoriously a guy who does not get content because he just knows how to make home renovation shows to take on even more sacred content like star trek like uh whatever top gun maverick all the things that paramount has which i could only think of star trek Oh, I mean, but, their kids programming is, is yeah, Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon, SpongeBob, Paw Patrol, Transformers, all that stuff. But they have all of the Hasbro licensing. They do. You're right. So let's see the uh, Star Trek DC G.I. Joe mashup. Um, Wonder Woman kisses Optimus Prime. Oh, my God. Thank you. Uh, a movie that we have. I'm sh I have to assume you're a fan of is the 1991 Disney film, The Rocketeer. Correct. Absolutely. Uh, direct directed by Joe Johnston, who designed the Boba Fett costume and was sent to film school by George Lucas. Incredible. Um, there has been a <laughs> you're welcome. Like, thank you. Uh, there has been a rumored sequel that David Oyelowo. God, my God, I'm sorry for butchering your name. Oyelowo. Thank you. Oyelowo, who is currently starring on uh, Lawman Bass Reeves on Paramount Plus. He has been uh, he has been set to star and produce a sequel for The Rocketeer involving a retired Tuskegee Airman, which was to be titled The Return of the Rocketeer. This has been sitting in development hell for a long time. However, recently, while doing press for Lawman Bass Reeves, he says, Oyelowo says, we have forward momentum. I know you guys hear this stuff all the time, but we are in the script development stage. And if you're going to reinvigorate that beloved franchise of one film franchise, <laughs> you better come with the goods. And so Eugene Ash is currently writing away and we're talking about it. We're talking about it only this week. We're all very committed to that, but it's going to have to be, it's going to have to be great. And we will not rest until it is. I, I, I mean, I love this. I, any reason to bring back the Rocketeer, please. I agree. Especially if they can, 
like, I mean, they're going to do what they're going to do, but I would really love if this is a sequel direct follow-up rather than a reboot refresh, something like Cliff Secord. It says there. sequel. It says sequel. And I'm sure you could have Billy. It says Tuskegee Airmen. So that still puts us in world war two. Although Tuskegee Airmen were also in world war one. We were in world war two with the first one. We're in the thirties. We were not world war two. We were in the thirties. There were Nazis, but there were, weren't actually at war. Yeah. In the first one. So you could put it like, I don't know, 10 years later, have it take place during World War II. But it's a, it's a, it's a retired um, Tuskegee Airmen. Yeah, retired. So you can put this in the 50s. Communist and, spies, Cold War stuff. Yeah, and Billy Campbell, if you really need to get that guy some work, you can have him there, de-age him a little bit because it'll, it'll be at Disney. I mean, and keep it keep it in Hollywood because that was one of the coolest parts of the whole deal. Kind of, yeah. 1930s, 1920s Hollywood you know, you just go shoot at the uh, the Griffith Observatory, use all those like cool exteriors. That was super fun. I'm sure they'll just shoot it in Atlanta to double for Hollywood. Well, at, at that dog restaurant's in the back of the Idle Hour up in the valley. You can eat in it. You could have a party in it. There's plenty of things they could do to make this, but I, I like this. I also like, I mean, I'm sure, you know, the people who have lots of things to say will have be like, oh, it's got to be woke to make it a Tuskegee Airman. The woke a tear, but you know what? Those people can kick rocks, and I am all for this idea. I love it. And David Oyelowo is a very, very underrated actor. He's fantastic. I would think he could pull off Kang. I'm just saying it, but you know, he's he's also in Star Wars. He's a he's a an incredible man performer. Yeah, he's uh, he is um, what's Callus? He's Callus from Star Wars yeah. Rebels. I, I told it to someone that that David was that you I told that David Yellowwood does Callus voice and you were like floored. I think it was. No, I knew that before. Uh, I told it to somebody and they were like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, it is possible for a black <laughs> man to do a voice of a white man on television, just That's... as like Hank Azaria does did every single voice on The Simpsons for years and years and years." I want and to they, see the rest of that person's day as they like, what else? What else would, did I not know about? What else am I? I don't know, but Waza says, where's the sports? This is fan controlled fandom. We are on the fan controlled and sports. We, we do have, we do have one piece of sports news it's coming. coming. We do have but one. This is, this is the fan controlled sports and entertainment and we're the entertainment ah. side. A uh, couple more things here. Cause this is getting really long. Um, is what she said. Hey, oh, um, Superman Legacy is a movie that we, I believe you wanted to say was going to come out next year. I don't think it's coming out next year, but the filming window for the movie, as well as a plot synopsis, was released. So the uh, production list, which is a website, confirms that principal photography for Superman Legacy is to begin on March 4th, 2024. That is like three months away. And the brief description for the summary is Superman, a, a cub reporter in Metropolis, embarks on a journey to reconcile his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing as Clark Kent. This is, you know, we got corn sweats coming. Nicholas Holt is Lex Luthor. Rachel Brosnahan is Lois Lane. We have uh, Isabel Merced as Hawkgirl. Nathan Fillion is Green Lantern. Guy Gardner. Sean Gunn is Maxwell Lord. There's just a wonderful cast here. And I know I'm going to let you... I'm going to clear out, give you the ball. I mean, what's your excitement level go? I mean, that's the thing. We're launching the, we're really launching in earnest the new DC universe with a, with a sunny, happy Superman movie. That's also going to have metamorpho. 
and the engineer from the authority like swing away daddy hit me with that rhythm stick james gunn i'm into it like like i i really i really am pumped i'm really excited to see this thing get going in earnest because like you know nailing something like this is all about tone whatever that tone is you have to it just got to resonate and it, not just with the characters but with the people watching them and i think james gunn is a master of tone and you'll 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 get something that's at least fun and coherent that's i think that is like this is like a very low bar but to say that james gunn will be able be able in theory to deliver a product and have that product go through normal testing and a normal amount of reshoots that a movie has to go through and then come out. I think there is a pretty strong bet that that is going to happen because that is something that most DC films for the past <laughs> 10 years have not been able to do. They no. always come in and then they always have to do full reshoots and this has to come in and that has to come in and we got to move this around and we don't know what the continuity is and blah, blah, blah. And we got to do, we got to tag, put a tagline in here now of Jason Momoa and the flash. And for some reason, and then Henry Cavill's in the end of black Adam, but now he's not super. I mean, just like, you know, mess. I think a that big mess, whatever James Gunn is going to do, we at least know, and you can look at the track record. <laughs> Like, I'm not saying we should just assume. We don't ever want to assume. We, you know, we can't just assume that film projects are all going to work. Sometimes they just don't. But we at least know that there is going to be a, craftman, a craftsmanship and a hand that is going to take us through the whole movement. And that's very exciting. Nobody was ever going to know about Guardians of the Galaxy. It's, it's like unimaginably like Z-tier comic book characters. Yeah, and he turned Groot. it into one of the most dominant sub franchises. And his characters, you know, unless you really nail those that series of movies, his characters don't become like such huge operators in the Infinity War saga. And he practically yeah. makes Chris Pratt a movie star. I wouldn't even say practically. He one thousand percent made him a movie star because, as somebody who worked with him on Parks and Recreation, he was a lot doughier. Before he, that was his, that was his whole shtick on his, I mean, I'm sure he probably would have gone on to work. I think he proved when he was on Parks and Rec that he was, cause he was kind of a CW kind of good looking heartthrobby guy. And they didn't even think he could do comedy. Like he was originally brought on to be, um, he wasn't going to be a series regular. He was just going to be um, uh, Ann Perkins, Rashida Jones's boyfriend, who was going to appear in a couple episodes in the beginning. But he was so funny and was so good at improvising that they just kept him around and then finally made him a series regular. And I think James Gunn took that and was like, hey, man, if you if you can get buff, you can get this movie. And then he made him a movie star. He 100 percent made him a movie star. It's uh, yeah, because he even carries that doughiness into his first serious action role in Zero Dark Thirty, where he's one of the SEAL Team Six members at the end. Yep. Where he's he's sort of like. Which isn't playing. like a which isn't like a star role, and I don't think I don't think that's even a role like that would have gotten him. Like, if you could have been like, "Well, that's Chris Pratt from you know." Oh, if if Parks didn't exist and Chris Pratt had that, it still wouldn't have been a role that would have been like you got to cast that guy as Star Lord. You know what I mean? No, no, absolutely not. I just think it's something on the real. It's it you know like One Tree Hill, Parks and Rec, uh, you know Zero Dark Thirty is Moneyball too. Moneyball, yeah, you yeah, I mean you you can do the math on that pretty easily. Seeing what Sony properly deliver on. 
Um, another thing coming out of uh, this is oh my god, my brain just absolutely exploded. Coming out of development, <laughs> holy cow! Um, so I just take a breath. Can you do it okay? Everything all right? Real quick, just a real quick deep breath. I gotta go see my family tomorrow, so that's always a little stressful. Oh, Anywho, oh. um, I uh, yeah. So X Men is something that <laughs> has been <laughs> has been talked about. Is when are we going to get the X Men in the MCU? And we've gotten some of them. We've gotten some people in some sideways scenes here and there. Uh, Kamala Khan is supposedly a mutant. Um, there is a rumor going around the world. This is from industry insider Daniel Richtman, who he is stating that one thing that Marvel is exploring is the possibility of a female centered x-men movie with mr sinister being the big baddie in that film uh he says that marvel hopes to avoid using magneto as the central villain of its reboot considering his featured role in fox's x film series fans are already flocking to social media with outcries about magneto's exclusion so it's important to remember this is just a rumor marvel studios reportedly wants their x-men reboot to be different than fox's presentation so significant changes to the lineup are to be expected. Marvel's X-Men film will place more emphasis on the female X-Men than Fox's approach to the money printing property. I don't know if it's money printing, but this is a, <laughs> you know, it's, I'm trying to think who like the center of the female led X movies. Might Storm. Be. And like, well, Phoenix. not if they want to, not if they want to divert from what went before it cer certainly won't be storm that's like Halle Berry huge part of those movies I, I don't think storm factors in I think they probably have to go like Dazzler Jubilee Kitty Pride. I like a Kitty Pride, although prominent not not huge but prominent in the prior movies true but like I said before when at the end of Guardians when Peter was off on his own and you've kind of fully separated him ending up with Gamora that is like a huge thread in the comics is that Peter Quill and Kitty Pride are like star-crossed, literal star-crossed lovers. I love that. I love that. So that's yeah, what I, you could do. You could cast like Anna Kendrick as Kitty Pride. done, give, pay me for that casting choice, and then there you go. I think if you want an interesting big bad for this next phase and you've, you, you already have to, you have to knock out Kang and you have to launch the x-men if you if you put magneto out there as your big bad who's very interesting by the way because if they stick to comics lore this guy is a mutant extremist because he survived the holocaust one of mm. the ultimate like you understand where he's coming from maybe you don't uh, agree with the methods sort of character in fiction um and so i think having him out there as an especially a, an omega level mutant like him he can control magnetism like he definitely is worthy of being a big bad because what can what can Wakanda do to him? They they're they're running on on a crazy metal. He can probably have a weird effect on you know just I thinking get, out loud. I get the idea of them not using him. Um, Mister Sinister, Sinister. I don't know if you could present him as presented in the comics. For those of you who don't know what he looks like, he has like white skin and like a big black billowy. He's in the cave space for sure. The big thing about him is that he can replicate anyone's DNA and make anyone like make copies of anybody. So that's like the real interesting thing that would make him a fun, compelling villain. But you would have to find some way. I don't know how you could put him in. He's real Guga looking when it comes to when it comes to look. He's definitely not like uh, uh, 
I don't know, trying to think of a real chill, but what even like even like the um the high evolutionary with the the, the face, the pulled face, like Mr. Sinister would look crazier than that. It X-Men has a lot of really wackadoo villains. I mean, Magneto's helmet is cool, but in real life it's hard to pull off. You got Juggernaut who looks like a thumb. You got the blob who's just a a, a ginormous a person. Just a uh, big the, dude. The toad. Uh, which they the did, toad. Ray Park, but a co- a comics accurate toad is re- really weird looking. I mean, they, they've got a well, real... That's what Deadpool's thing. giving us, supposedly, is comic accurate um, uh, X-Men. I'm, I, and see, I'm into it. I think now that we have all the superhero movies and characters out there, you can go a little more comic accurate. I can I understand why they didn't do it with the original X-Men, because like you're the only per- player in the space. So if you're out there in yellows and blues, it, it might be a little harsh on the eye. It might not get crossover appeal. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. But I like doing it now because let's, let's just do it. Why not? Yeah, come on. Um, one last note here, and this is going to be a real quick, quick hit before we get out of here. Our interview, apparently, so Rebel Moon is the uh, the the Zack Snyder potential supposed star wars film that was going to be a star wars movie that's going to be in two parts the first part is dropping today on netflix second part is coming uh in april it apparently is going to be followed by an r-rated director's cut which i'm (laughs) and apparently according to zach Snyder, the new cut won't just be a few added scenes of blood and guts but it would be in fact be an almost entirely different movie it's not an extended cut of this movie, Snyder said. It's almost like a different movie. It's almost a different universe that the R-rated cut lives in than this movie. And I just have to say, I just I put this in here because I just want to say this out loud. What are we doing? <laughs> like, stop it. Stop making director's cuts of your movies. Just make your movie. It's at yeah. Netflix. Netflix isn't is not like a studio. Netflix is not gonna give you studio notes. Netflix is going to let you do whatever you want. Why do you need to make a director's R-rated cut that's a, an entirely different movie? Come on, man. The the self-perpetuation of the renegade sort of, hey, I'm going to give you what they didn't want you to see. And Netflix going, <sighs> we never said anything. We don't care. Hey, Have you not seen our platform? We let David Chappelle say whatever he wants all the time. Put Take out as many cuts of your movie as you want. Do as many. Like and, and I agree. It's like, just make the movie. Just, just make, make the movie. The movie. Hold on, I'm just taking my sweatshirt off because it's it's getting a little toasty, even though it's brisk here in Los Angeles. I'm now lo- no longer Christmassy. Um, that was it. it quick hits. So I'll quick. say this: Rebel Moon looks like visually looks really cool. I'm excited to oh, check it out just from that it. standpoint. Like I want to see, see all the, the theater craft designs. I might go check out a, 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 a guild screening. Uh, that's the quick hits. A quick 35-minute quick hits. Um, <laughs> this is the time of the show. Was up, wanted to know where the sports were. Here they come. This is the one time in the show where Alex and I, because we're on the Fan Control Sports Entertainment, Twitch, YouTube, stream, because we are, this is a, a, traditionally a sports uh, network, sort of. <sighs> I'm really having a hard time <laughs> This is our one piece of sports news that we do in our show. Alex is an open wheel racing guy. What's happening? Well, uh, the demise of IndyCar has been uh, foretold by soothsayers reading the tea leaves and in certain announcements that um, IndyCar being a uh, uh, the American open wheel racing series host of the venerated Indy 500 race every year. Uh, it has been announced that 
their engine partners, Chevrolet and Honda, are both making moves uh, inside and outside IndyCar that have it could have existential implications to the racing series. A, Chevrolet has announced that it's outsourcing its development of IndyCar engines and production of IndyCar engines to a subsidiary contractor, which is no good. It means Chevy uh, is questioning uh, the return on investment in the series. Honda has doubled down on its investment in F1 after announcing it was going to leave the sport four years ago and then rejoining to settle its accounts with Red Bull and then uh, saying, just kidding, to develop Aston Martin's engine. So people who are fans of IndyCar uh, are, are seeing engine manufacturers spread a little thin and wondering if their struggling racing series and, and one that I am a much beloved of is actually going to survive into the future. Kenny, back to you. It's like I heard all of it, but not quite sure what was said. But I'm I'm here for you. But I I don't want it to go away to go away for you because I know how much you enjoy it. They were words, and I said them. Uh, my piece of sports news is I'm I'm going bleak. Uh, since the Lakers have won the in season tournament, they have lost five of their last six games. Uh, they just did a a two back to back terrible losses to the Bulls and the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's fatigue. I don't know if this would cause people in the future to not take the uh, in-season tournament as seriously as they did this year because they saw how much, how hard it was for the Lakers to get back, back, back ramped up. Do I think this is like an alarm call? I don't know. I feel like it's still December. There's still a lot of time. I'm sure we can get stuff figured out. I'm sure LeBron was like floored it for the in-season tournament and then scaled it back for you know, two back, two games in San Antonio, but one of which we lost. But uh, things are a little nervous out here in sunny California. Alex, <laughs> currently sunny California. <laughs> the weather's been up and down today. It was like pouring rain an hour ago. And now it's like, yeah, let's go to the beach weather. Um, lightning warning. Just kidding. Lightning warning. <laughs> Speaking of somebody who's quick as lightning, Alex Enriquez is always pounding that pavement, getting us all of our advertisers for the week. Alex, who's our corporate sponsor for the show this week? It's a brand new locally owned restaurant called Chipotle. Uh, <laughs> it's zesty American Mexican food for zesty American American people. And uh, they just wanted to showcase some of the uh, brand new menu items at Chipotle during their grand opening <laughs> celebration. They have zesty hot dog tacos. Oh, uh, no. Which Regular hot dogs butterflied and served on folded Wonder Bread. They have a zesty Yankee pot roast, which is just the a Yankee pot roast. And then they have zesty boiled chicken wet burritos, which is a quarter pound of boiled chicken on top of two uncooked corn tortillas. And don't forget to dip it in our guacamole sauce, which is really just green ketchup. <laughs> so those are menu items available now at Chipotle. Oh, shit. That place sounds like somebody... Like somebody American being like, I'm gonna make Mexican food better. It well, <laughs> it is zesty American Mexican food for zesty American American people. <laughs> and the catch the guacamole is just green ketchup. Oh man, I knew we were in trouble with hot dog tacos. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I'm it. hungry. I'm hungry well, for for what if. Yeah, what if, what if we talked about what if, the main topic, uh, just to give a quick primer as to what is happening. So this is season two of What If dropped this morning, and it is a very unorthodox uh, delivery of a season of Marvel television. We are going to get 
nine episodes of What If starting today, one every day. We're going to get one tomorrow. We're going to get one on Christmas Eve. We're going to get one on Christmas friggin' day. There is a full uh, rundown of the lineup here. I'm going to go that over this real quick. We have the first episode, which we'll talk about. The episode airing tomorrow is What If Peter Quill Attacked Earth's Mightiest Heroes? And there's a little synopsis for that one. After the death of his mother, Peter Quill manifests his celestial powers. This forces Ant-Man, Wasp, Thor, Black Panther, Winter Soldier, Star Force, and Black Goliath, two characters we have not seen in any sort of continuity, to team up as Avengers. Then on Christmas Eve, we will have What If Happy Hogan Saved Christmas. On Christmas Day, it's What If Iron Man Crashed Into the Grandmaster, and this is being released on Christmas Day as a kind of cheeky way because this episode was supposed to air last season and it did not. And yet we still got the Gamora from this episode in the kind of team up at the end, the multiversal team up. And everybody was like, well, who's that Gamora? We're not going to meet her finally in this episode on Christmas day on the 26th will be what if captain Carter fought the Hydra stomper on the 27th. What if Kahori reshaped the world? This is the very interesting one with the Tesseract, uh, the Tesseract arrived on Earth uh, during um, before colonial times. And then on the 28th, we get what if Hela, Hela, who Hela. is Thor's sister's name? Thank you. What if Hela found the Ten Rings, which that would be tough. And then uh, on the 29th, we get what if the Avengers assembled in 1602, which it says during an infinity war, Steve Rogers scratches the time stone causing unintended side effects. There you go. And then we end on what if strange Supreme intervened. Now that's a lot there. That's a lot we're going to be going through. And I'm sure we'll be talking about a lot of this stuff next week when we'll have like almost all of it out. However, and I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot. I'm going to talk a little bit more <laughs> and then we'll go. I got to introduce the episode. I know. <laughs> so the first episode we got last night or this morning and it is, uh, what if Nebula joined the Nova Corps? And here's a quick synopsis. In a reality where Ronan deposed Thanos before the events of Guardians of the Galaxy. So there is no Guardians of the Galaxy because Thanos is already dead. Nebula is recruited to join the Nova Corps by Nova Prime. And that's on Xandar. That's the planet that Glenn Close, Peter Serafinowicz, and uh, John C. Riley are on in the first Guardians, which is just exploded and in dialogue only in infinity war it talks about how xandar is completely destroyed um five years five years after xandar was sealed off from the universe to protect itself against an invasion by ronan's forces nebula discovers the body of yondu as she investigates she enlists the helps of yon rog aka jude law who ultimately betrays her and reveals that he and nova prime plan to give up xandar to ronan as the society continues to crumble where the latter will be rewarded for her collaboration by still keeping her position on the planet. Nebula is saved by Howard the Duck, Groot, Korg, and Meek, who work together to stop Nova Prime and free Xandar. This episode featured these actors coming to voice their characters, Karen Gillan, Jude Law, Michael Rooker, Seth Green, and Taika Waititi, and Peter Serafinowicz as Garth and Saul. Alex, what'd you think of the episode? I had such a blast with this episode, man. You know, it just, it, it, it's a very solid opening. It's self-contained, but you know, we're going to see these guys later. Um, they they made a really good use of the kinds of characters they might have had access to, which was interesting as sort of a 
you know, sideways Guardians of the Galaxy, if you will. Um, I love that they get the real actors in there. Oh quote unquote. Uh, it, 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 it just to me displays the commitment. And this is such a weird thing to call a commitment, but that Kevin Feige really wants this to be in continuity, that these are things that are like happening aside the universe and might interact in ways we see in multiverse of madness. Um, and just making it, all matter which is all we've ever wanted from these things is that there's like a, a weight to their fiction um again an, another thing that marvel's always done really well is like you know shooting within different genres this had a totally this is sci-fi but it's totally detective mystery um you know we're going to talk about some comparisons later on that i really agree with and uh yeah it, it looks great the animation on these shows are, are just spectacular it's such a i thought it was i thought the animation was even better this seed like just in this one episode than like almost anything we saw last season i thought that the, you could tell that the the level on the animation it's almost like they got because there was some criticism of the animation in the first season which i didn't really have a problem with but some people did they clearly like listened to notes or whatever because i thought the animation was pretty freaking great and, and to think, you know, and animation is a genre, you just to think there's some folks out there that just pleasure themselves to it, you know? <laughs> Cut to our anime episode. Have you watched Prison <laughs> School? Have you watched Prison School yet on Crunchyroll? No, I got a little creeped out. I had to back it off. Is, of it. it is one of the horniest shows I've ever seen, man. <laughs> it's genuinely funny. There are genuine laughs in it, but at sometimes I'm like, I don't know. Like, what is this? Like, this isn't. <laughs> This isn't sexy. This is kind of weird. But, you know, hey, it's all there on Crunchyroll. Um, yeah, I, I I like this episode a lot. I was like, you know, the thing I found uh, going into this is like, you know, we had we had intended last, you know, to, to do Aquaman. And we were like, oh, well, it's, we can't make it. Let's just do what if. It's like, uh, we'll see. But I was watching this episode being like, oh, no, this is really fun. And this is really good. And I think this is really indicative of... You know, this is so low stakes, even though clearly it's animation. There's a lot of work being put in this. I'm not one. I'm not saying that the work that the people doing is low stakes, but this is low stakes in terms of this does not need to introduce Kang. This doesn't need to rewrite the mutants or how we're going to get the X. This doesn't have to do any of that. It just has to exist as it is and tell us a fun story. And I just thought this just had great tone. It had great um it was the story was fun to follow and then yeah just like like jude law like you read in like the in the credits you hear people's names like you know taika waititi and jude law and karen gillen and i get bringing karen gillen that was probably like a day's worth of work for her but like you know you see taika waititi and you think oh you're, this is going to be like one or two lines like no korg is in this a lot and i just thought it was just I'm like, oh, okay, I'm I'm really glad that we're going to get more episodes of this every single day for the next 10 days. I think it's just really, it's a weird way to put this out, but why the hell not? Like, this is stuff that can live on the platform as long as it needs to, and then just go on with it. And again, in terms of the voices, too, I, I think that we have an affinity for these characters that goes a little bit beyond the typical, like, I like this character. And... I think that when the the main actor comes and does the voiceover, it sort of shows a commitment to that character and a care for it that I always find really encouraging. You know, the uh, the second Tobey Maguire 
Spider-Man game on Xbox had his voice in it, Bruce Campbell's voice, like they all did their, I think they all did their, their roles. And I thought, yeah, that's how it should be. Like I, if, if I had a character like that, I would want to do as much of that stuff as possible. Just so it's my voice. Yeah. It's, it's me. It's that character. Yeah, I t- that's I was genuinely shocked though that Vin Diesel was not doing Groot because he's Same. been so adamant about you do not just loot my voice. I'm gonna come into the booth and I'm gonna do every single I am Groot every single time. Like he recorded every single I am Re- I am Groot specific to what was happening in the scene. He was that dedicated and did not see his voice up there. Also, somebody who was just recently called out yesterday. <laughs> as possibly physically assaulting a woman. So we're going to just zoom past him. And, uh, but yeah, there was something to just like, I'm going to jump around. I want to talk about the, the Blade Runner. I can't, we can't get too much farther in this episode. I'm talking about Blade Runner. This was so Blade Runner, like to a point where I was like, but they, they had to have been in the room in the writer's room, in the development, and just being like, this is Blade Runner. Because specifically, like, Xandar is a planet, if you know from, to give context of what Xandar is, the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy. It's the it's the, it's the the planet that Peter Quill brings the purple orb to. It's where uh, Gamora tries to, cap, tries to catch him. And then uh, Groot and Rocket try to, are chasing the orb. The, they're all kind of fighting in this, like, really bright, vibrant, planet and it's where the final battle takes place at the end of uh guardians that's kind of where we are at the beginning of this episode is ronin trying to come into xandar and so they decide to put a a shell a 50-year shell around the planet and it takes away the sun so now we're in like just total (laughs) total blade runner you know like the the cars that she's driving i'm sure those cars those flying cars were in the movie the guardians movie but just to have them in this context is just like, well, this is it's very clear. That's what we're doing, but we're not saying that's what we're doing, but it's what we're doing. It's, it's got cyborgs. It's got rain. It's, it's, uh, it's Blade Runner, baby. That's all the way live, which I'm totally here for. Like I'm here for like, let's do, because that's, you know, what are we doing? What genre are we working in? We're working in a detective crime novel, but it's science fiction. So what is like, what is the premiere science fiction crime story it's blade runner do androids dream of electric sheep by philip k dick phil dick phil 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 dick the old (laughs) phil dick old. his name is phil dick and that's why we're saying it like phil dick we can Um, remember it for you wholesale which became total recall uh the man is a, a meth addled genius yeah um i just read one of his books paycheck uh, was turned into a terrible movie with uh, Ben Affleck. Good, decent little short story, though. Anyway, and maybe the one, the one that didn't get an oversimplified title. Like everything else is like, does the Moon Man dream of marigolds in the night? And then the movie version is like, Nightman, wind. <laughs> <laughs> no, this I I I think we've talked about it a lot as like you know Marvel is one of their. It seems to be one of the kind of things they want to hang their hat on is these movies are certain based in certain genres. Like, you know, Spider-Man homecoming is a John Hughes movie and uh, Ant-Man, the first Ant-Man is a heist movie, but this, because it's animated, because this is a sideways thing, we don't have to like 
say, oh, this is like Blade Runner. We can just do Blade Runner. Like, this is, like that's what they're doing. There's a shot where like the flying car is flying towards this big, tall building. And I'm like, yeah, man, we are in like Los Angeles, which I know the first Blade Runner is like 1995 Los Angeles. <laughs> Yeah. The dude, the dude uh, at the beginning, the guy that's getting the vote conf test at the beginning of Blade Runner, his file says he was born in like 2019. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, remember when Back to the Future Part Two came out and it was like, hey, 30 years from now in 1985, we're gonna have not only are we gonna have flying cars, we're gonna have so many flying cars that there's gonna be traffic. There's gonna be all kinds of like. Yeah, there's going to be a whole flying car highway system. So that's like 30 years away. We're not even, we are not even freaking close to that. We're not even in the holograms, freaking, all this stuff. The only thing they were close on is like FaceTime. That was the only thing they nailed, which is not a big stretch because <laughs> people have been talking via face in science fiction and quite, you know, for a long ass time. And I uh, love, by the way, in their version of 2015, they're still using like CRT. There's like tracking, uh, like tracking lines on the, the image. It's so wild that like, this is a real sidebar for just a quick second, but I, I, I love talking about this. It's like when people posit like 30 years in the future, the leaps that they take in science are always like huge, like flying cars. or And it's like, that is such a long way away. Like that is the steps that have to lead from like cars on the ground to cars on this in the sky and not just like, oh, look, there's one. It's got to be like, everybody has a flying car that that is like how long did it take for everyone to get a car like at least like also come on, they, like has, just holy shit man Part has nobody friend. contended with the idea that people are lunatic a-holes with their cars on the ground yeah why should we put them why should we put them in the sky <laughs> come on road rage people be falling to the earth people you'd be just walking down the street and like a car would just fall to the ground <laughs> what happened a cadillac Took out my family. It's plummeted yeah. 48 stories. This guy murdered my entire world because I cut him off. But <laughs> How did a drunk I'm driver fucking... hit you in the penthouse? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to what if. No, I think it's great because they can they can fully lean into these genre things, which I think is what they're doing. You know, we're gonna get this like swashbuckling 1600s kind of uh take. We're gonna get this colonial story, uh, pre-colonial story, which is super interesting and fascinating because it's like whatever we're gonna get one-offs and if you like this stuff like you guys liked captain carter guess what we'll just jump her jumper we'll dump her into multiverse of madness done there we go and you can integrate any of these characters i mean i think that this native american character that they're introducing is just gonna wind up in mainline continuity they're just gonna pluck her i think and so her in the and she'll you know isn't this an interesting story? It's like this this woman with all these powers taken from this this frame in which she has this like kind of powerful nation into a modern day where her people are relegated to they have their own nations, but it's a very different kind of thing. And what she has to say about the modern situation of uh, the Native American population. Oh, let's go. Make her show up in Echo. What if what if that happened? What if this and is Echo is going to be Echo. a five? Echo is going to be a five Echo. episode drop. They are drop. I know what you're doing. I'm not going to buy into it. 
They're going to drop all five episodes of Echo on January 9th, I believe, which is something they don't do. They've not done that with any of their properties. They love to kind of control the narrative week to week, but then they're just going to be like, we're going to dump this thing, and I'm totally here for it. We'll talk about it on the show. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm very into that. The thing I love about this episode a lot, too, that I thought was really fun and I think is the real potential of this show, as I tease some of these other episodes, is that they're really like the writers and the creators are really using like the full deck. Like they're going back to whatever is at their disposal and like just really going for it. Like the fact that like Jude Law's character is in this, that Korg is in this, that Howard the Duck, Howard the Duck kind of makes sense, but a lot of these people to have them on Xandar and then trapped on Xandar is a bit of a stretch, but like, so what? Like it just made for these like super fun team up of Nebula, Groot, Korg, Howard the Duck with the Rambo bandana on. <laughs> like, it's super fun just to watch them kind of do that stuff. I always wonder, I wrote this in the show notes too, because I just loved the old Howard the Duck movie. Do you think we'll ever get Howard the Duck as like a character in a film? Oof. I don't know. I really... Do you mean like, it... like, like on the level of Rocket? Just like in some way, like, and not just like, hey, look, Howard the Duck is in the background or Howard the Duck's going to say a one line in the end credits, like in both Guardians movies, just like he's in a movie. He's not like the leading person in it, but maybe he teams up with somebody to go do something. Yeah, I can imagine it. I mean, we've got upcoming adventures with Peter Quill in some capacity. That's true. Uh, uh, you know, we're going cosmic again. He'll he'll be back and. Yeah, I can imagine it. I think so. Like the, it's it's good that they've sort of been restrained with him already. Although I don't know what they could have done with him. Uh, yeah, it's just a fun little kind of diversionary thing. And another, I think to me, like victory lap thing Marvel could do. It's like, yeah, we could even make a character like Howard the Duck be compelling. Famously, one of like the worst movies ever. The movie that killed George Lucas as a man. One of the biggest bombs like in cinematic i loved that movie growing up oh my god i loved howard the duck they built it and they that movie what a what a we should do that movie at some time when we got a low we should do howard the duck what a what an absolutely insane film that movie is <laughs> it like, it failed so bad that george lucas had to sell off his fledgling computer animation company called pixar to steve jobs <laughs> and then steve jobs bought pixar from george lucas and owned it and then eventually sold it to disney and so insane. Yeah, it, it, what a tangled web we weave. There, yeah. Alex, that movie opens, and in the first, this is a PG film, and in the first, like I don't know, two minutes, duck boobs. There is a woman, a duck woman with boobs, and I was went to that movie with my parents. This is like 1986. I was like nine or something like that, and my parents were floored. And there was, <laughs> there was another part in the movie that I think kind of implied that like he and Le Leah Thompson got it on, and you know ducks. I mean, just Google duck penis when you have a chance. Yeah, it's look, a, look, it's, literal, it's not like it's any penis anywhere is great shakes, but the duck is a special it's a, case. It's a literal corkscrew. Um, so <laughs> I do think you're right. Like there's something to say about Marvel and like their power. I do think this says that they, you know, a lot of there are a lot of stuff coming out about Marvel's lost its touch and yada, yada. But they it does say something that they can still bring in people like i'm sure jude law just recorded this in his house and taika waititi just recorded it in their house but still it says something that they have the capacity to do that like there's no reason why jude law has to do this 
Jude Law was in one Marvel movie and his character died, right? In the end of Captain Marvel, which is kind of wild that he's still alive. I think, no, she sent him back, right? She threw the I whole- I can't remember. I can't remember, but whatever. Like just to have Jude Law come back in a capacity that kind of makes sense because he's he's Kree and Ronan's Kree. So he could have been on the earth when Ronan was trying to, or on Xandar when Ronan was trying to attack. But just like, wow. And then we got Taika Waititi back doing his character. And it's just- Peter Serafinowicz, who was, again, in one Marvel movie, come back and do your one. I think that's like a massive flex, frankly. I, I agree. And I think for those two specifically, they are probably the kind of guys who are thinking they're paying me to have fun. It sounds like the, they sound like they have fun when they're doing it, you know? Yes. And well, that it's profitable for them to have fun. I bet there's a whole bunch of stuff that winds up in there that they just like, blah, 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 you know? <laughs> Taika Waititi, like, he clearly loves doing this stuff. And it, a guy who isn't, said he's not going to direct Thor 5, but yeah, you want me to come back and voice Korg? Sure. I, I It makes me excited to see who else we're going to get in these shows. Because we, you know, as I mentioned, the next episode dropping tomorrow, we're, we're getting, if Peter Quill attacked Earth's Mightiest Heroes, we're getting not just Ant-Man, Wasp, Thor, and Black Panther. I got to assume Chris Hemsworth is doing that. We're going to get Paul Rudd. Um, obviously, we're not going to get Chadwick Boseman. But no. Star Force... Star Force and Black Goliath, two characters. We, Black Goliath is one of the oldest Marvel characters. Like, I think, when, is he the first Black character in I think Marvel? you might be confused because like, this is an 80s Avengers. This is, uh, this is um, Hank Pym, Ant-Man. Oh, it is. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. And uh, it's, it's uh, T'Challa's dad as Black Panther. So and then Black Black Goliath is Lawrence Fishburne's character from Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, oh yes. So remember how he said like, oh, oh how, how how big can you get? That's that's him. Oh, that's so much fun. Then who is Star Force? Then Star Force is, uh, oh God, Carol Danvers, commanding the, officer. He is the first character to use the moniker Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah, amazing. This is yeah. this is the kind of stuff that we can do in this show. Exactly. And I love this. I put this in the uh based on what we've seen. I mean, what's your excitement level moving forward? Oh my gosh. I mean, spe especially for this because if you think about the connection to what this episode's showing us like so we're having a continuation of the what if Black Panther was picked up by Yondu? I this love is, that's one of the best episodes. This is a continuation of that because the reverse is then Ego finds Peter Quill and imbues him with his essence. At the end so, of it, yeah. So that's the Peter Quill that comes to this earth. And now we've connected that what if string from season one to season two with the string of, hey, we've seen footage and scenes of the old Ant-Man at the beginning of Ant-Man and the Wasp. We've seen them in action together. We know that there was this, you know, giant man with them before. So connecting those sort of mini, it's almost like how, you know, Luke in 1977 says, you fought in the Clone Wars and 30 years later we get to see it. Like, that's kind of what I'm feeling right now. I you, I mean, I was already pretty jacked after this first episode, but I, this this show is definitely, if you're like a cursory Marvel person, you're this show will not, I mean, you might like it. I thought the animation again in this episode was just excellent and fun. But if you're like somebody who like loves the connecting the dots of all this, it's super fun. And yeah, I'm I'm 
I went from like definitely like I'm gonna watch this to like oh no I'm like excited every day to be like oh I get I get something else to watch for ten days. This is like this is so much fun, especially 1602 as well, which is a, a, an almost direct lift from a limited series they did in the comics that wasn't a what if but did take place in a kind of a side continuity. But I also think I think in that series, the Captain America, the Steve Rogers who who is there, he's like there's this giant blonde man who was raised by the native Americans in the, in, in the area. And he accompanies this, this, uh, uh one of the mutant uh, characters in that 1602 averse. But I think they figure out that that's actually Steve Rogers from mainline Marvel continuity. He got like sent there to help them by the watcher, some crap <laughs> like that. But yeah, well, it's a cool saying, series. I, I think it's really fun. I want to try to find that. Uh, cause this one, this does take place during the infinity war. Steve Rogers scratches the time stone and this is one of the unintended side effects. So I'm assuming he's going to be taking everyone back or it's some sort of like, everybody's just, it's a whole new sideways thing. I mean, we see in the trailer there's, you know, Paul Rudd's is in that one. I will get yeah. Paul Rudd in this damn thing. God darn it. But yeah, absolutely. And but like Michael, one. Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer will probably be on that show tomorrow. We're not going to get Chris Pratt or maybe we will. Who knows? I do uh, Based on the trailer, it is a young Peter Quill. It's a little boy, man. And the Happy Hogan, we will probably get John Favreau. That I believe is a direct kind of offshoot of Iron Man three. Which is another thing that's great about these this what if is that they can like they can you know roll off properties that are like you know I don't think Iron Man three is a really precious film, but you know they can roll off these films like you know we have not seen any sort of continuation of what's happened in Shang Chi, and we're going to get something there, which is very interesting. So. I mean, I think we're all in. The only question we need to ask now is, is this Star Trek or Star Wars? I wasn't prepared for this, man. I think it's Star it's Trek. Literally, it's literally a question we ask every week. <laughs> I know, and I'm always not prepared for it. Uh, I think this is Star Trek. This particular episode, I am going to say is Star Trek. Yes, this is very much like people on the street wearing all kinds of makeup and, you know, like practical, even though this is all animated, those people, if you would have seen them in live action, they would have been all practically done up in makeup. They wouldn't be digital people. And Star Wars hasn't had any sort of like detective-y type stuff, except maybe an Andor, maybe. There's a little bit, uh, you could, I, I've always argued that uh, Obi-Wan's plot line in episode two is uh, framed like a, like a mystery. Uh, there's a couple of Clone Wars arcs that are mystery I arcs. Guess that's right. Yeah. But, um, no, this, this is. is I, th I think this is more hard sci-fi than yes. Star Wars is. So this yes. is. I would put it. That's what really is pushing me toward Star Trek. Well, if you wanted to make the parallel, there was that one. I think it's Episode Three of Obi Wan, the one that had um, Kumail Nanjiani on it. That was on a planet that was like Blade Runner y type planet as well. So, whatever. I guess it's we could, it's mostly Star Trek. I think it's mostly Star Trek. Uh, who's your big winner for this episode? It's, I, I'm gonna, you know, I use this a lot. It's me because I think that this is such a, a great advancement of the premise. And I think that, you know, it's so cool that we're at this space now that doing, another season of what if on Disney plus is like something that they think is profitable to do. I just think that that's, that's great. That means great things for all of the things I enjoy. 
I, I like that. I'm going to say, just because we talked about how terrible the movie... I think the big winner... Oh, a big winner is Howard the Duck. I just think the transition of where he was... Because the way he is in uh, both the Guardians movies... There was an episode of What If last year that he was also... Two episodes of What If he was in. And then this one as well. Is more kind of accurate to how he is in the comics. They They... He is kind of like a gambler, a drinker. He like to, to do that movie PG and make it a quote unquote kids movie is not really accurate to the character, which is why they probably never should have made it a movie to begin with. But <laughs> hindsight is twenty twenty. But it's just duck great boobs. for somebody duck boobs for someone like myself who loved that movie growing up and like, did I own the soundtrack? I absolutely did. Um, <laughs> did I own it on VHS? Yes, I did. Did I have a poster of it in my room? Yes, I did. I loved this movie. And um, to see the character actually get some like cool and be kind of funny and fun and voiced by Seth Green. I, I love that. Now, when it comes to what if, in terms of the big loser, this is a world where anything is possible. Okay. We are in a world where Jude Law has come back and is, is in this. We've got Korg on a planet we've never seen him on, Xandar. There's there's no reason why Sam Wilson's shrimping boat can't be in any of this. You got to tell me it's raining the whole ding dong time. And there's not a body of water. We can't do there we go. There he is. And thank you once again from the day one boat stand Kings. Uh, you know what? What if we just got what we deserved? And that's that's like 48 frames. Of yeah. shrimp trawler, you know, because you know, you want to know who's in the next episode. I already teased that Winter Soldier's in the next episode, and we're going to be, um, so you know, Bucky, you know, Bucky's already he's definitely made eyes on that on Sam's uh sister, you know, and, but, and maybe, maybe in the same in the same way that we get to Chaka instead of T'Challa, maybe it's Sam Wilson's folks that are still running the boat at like the peak of its power, and maybe it's got like, like a mini gun on the edge of it and they can fight. I, I don't know. I'm I, I don't want to lay any pipe for Kevin, he knows what he's doing. Uh, but just yeah, give us the boat. Day one boat send kings. Uh Alex, that was great. We did it. Um we have about always done it. We have done it. Um, we have another ad read for Chipotle. <laughs> Chipotle, what is it? It's Chipotle. It's a new uh, Mexican restaurant experience. And they, they're just, it's uh, zesty American Mexican food for zesty American Americans. And they're highlighting some of their menu items this, uh, this week. They have zesty horchata, which is just room temperature milk. Um, <laughs> they have zesty beans. And it says they sued us until we stopped trying to write the Spanish word on our signage. So I think they had trouble with the word frijole. And then, uh, ooh, don't forget our zesty antacid bar. <laughs> so that's all that's awaiting you at Chipotle. <laughs> don't forget our zest. I love how everything is zesty. Yeah, well, it's real zesty. That hot dog in the Wonder Bread, that's oh zesty God. as hell. I teach, uh, I teach eighth graders, uh, seventh, six, seven, eighth graders, middle schoolers, improv, and they love the word zesty. I'm sure. I mean, there's some sort of like thing. Oh, this guy Busville says, I thought this went bankrupt. <laughs> Jokes on you, because here we are. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is this is actually a bankruptcy proceeding. We're divvying up uh, the assets of the company while we joke around about uh, Marvel's What If. Marvel's What If, but you know that something is a whole other different time right now. You know what time it is now? Oh yeah, I do. Here it is, game time.
This is what you're watching. This is what you're watching. Um, I love that of all the things you could be watching on this platform, you could be watching somebody like uh, uh, playing of uh, whatever the new GTA. You could be watching. You know, there's several porn stars on this website that play games. But no, you're watching two men in their 40s dance around to a game time stinger. Alex, what's the game of the week? It's your turn. Uh, the game of the week is called Here Comes Santa Claus. It's the ultimate quiz to see who's met Santa. Um, so oh, I love Santa that. Claus has appeared throughout uh, continuity in both DC, Marvel, and several other fandom properties. Yes. Uh, and so I'm going to ask you uh, if a character has met Santa Claus. You're going to tell me whether or not they have met Santa Claus canonically. Okay, you ready? Got it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Starting off, Superman. Yes. Yes, he has met Santa Claus. Batman. I think it's the same property, yeah. Yes, in fact, Batman introduced Superman to Santa Claus canonically. <laughs> That's insane. Go ahead. She-Hulk. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Yes, he has appeared in She-Hulk comics. Uh, at Jason Momoa's favorite character, Lobo. Yeah, that was announced this week that Jason Momoa thought he was playing Lobo when first hired by Warner Brothers to be in the DC Universe. What you a cool that? guy. What you a cool that? guy. <laughs> They're like, psych, you're Aquaman. Um, I'm going to say yes. Yes, they appeared in a miniseries together. Uh, I think Santa Claus supplied Lobo with a bunch of weapons. Really? Uh, yes. Okay. Spider-Man. Yes. Yes, Spider-Man has met Santa Claus. <laughs> Black Adam. Ooh. You know, Black Adam meeting meeting Santa Claus would shift the balance of power in the DCU for sure. Um, I'm going to say yes. Yes, he found his mythical home at the North Pole. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's I think they've reset this continuity uh, since to kind of erase it. But yeah, Black Adam did meet uh, Santa Claus. And the last question. Okay. Luke Skywalker. So this is pertaining to the holiday special and life day. And I don't believe Santa's in the holiday special. I'm going to say no. That's true. And and I, in fact, Luke Skywalker never met Santa Claus because Luke Skywalker is not real. And thank you for playing. <laughs> Here comes Santa Claus, the ultimate quiz to see who's met Santa. I love that. I was wondering when the joke was going to come. I love that you will write it out as long as possible until we get to the, the bit, and I'm here for it. That That's what fantastic. she said. Yep, that is exactly <laughs> what she said. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Now we're at the point of the show when we – this is called Hoopla Recommendations. Hoopla is a website where you can go. It's a website. It's an app you can put in your library card, and you can check out a lot of the comics that we are talking about, including a lot of what-ifs and and – things that we've been throwing out there, Winter Soldiers and whatnot. And we go on there and we give you recommendations. Alex, what's your recommendation for the week? Well, as we mentioned before, and I looked it up really quickly, uh, the miniseries 1602 is available on Hoopla. And just Ooh, I'm as getting soon it, I'm as getting my it right now. Yeah, as, as soon as my monthly uh, borrows refresh, I'm going to grab that myself. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it's very, very cool. I can't remember. I think it's an Adam Kubert uh, illustrated written it's by neil gaiman neil gaiman no it's An yeah andy kubert yeah uh andy kubert uh multi-generational comic book family his his father joe i think created hawkman 
or co-created Hawkman. Uh, so yeah, really, really, really cool. Very cool covers on all those. And then Neil Gaiman, of course, you know, a, a legend in the legend. field of, of genre fiction. That, I love that. I've already, I just added it. I'm going to, I'm currently, I've currently borrowed it. Uh, I am, I'm still making my way through the Scott Pilgrim uh, catalog. I've finished the first two. I'm now on the third one, which is called Scott Pilgrim volume three, Scott Pilgrim and the infinite sadness. I started reading something which I'm not sure if I like or not. We started watching a 2020 show on uh, Netflix called I am not okay with this, which is a kind of like a teen angst show where uh a woman, a girl, a teenage girl is kind of going through normal uh, teen angsty stuff. She, her father just passed away and she's having a hard time fitting in. And she also might have intense superpowers. So it's a very cool show. And so I wanted to, it said it was based on a graphic novel. I took the graphic novel out from Hoopla and so far it's okay. But I will definitely recommend the Scott Pilgrim series if you watch Scott Pilgrim takes off on Netflix. Uh, the comics, the original, all the original comics are on are on Hoopla, and they they have the colorized versions. These are, uh, Scott Pilgrim started as a black and white manga manga, excuse me, and uh, they have them all in color, and they read from right to left. So get up there, and uh, Alex, let's get one more read from Chipotle. Is Chipotle. My Chipotle is what my uh, my mother-in-law says when she's because she can't say Chipotle. Chipotle, Chipotle, I've heard quite a bit. Uh, so, but it's it's a brand new, it's a new restaurant. It's zesty American Mexican food for zesty American American people, and they have a zesty salsa salsa trough, which is just forty pounds of raw tomato chopped up. <laughs> uh, try their zesty salt, which is regular salt, but we painted it red, and then. Uh, <laughs> Finish it off with their zesty chili lime rice, which is a JPEG picture of oatmeal. <laughs> you lost me a trough of salsa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot, man. A trough. Uh, and it's just a JPEG of oatmeal. <laughs> the zesty chili lime rice is a JPEG picture of oatmeal. <laughs> oh, God. What a treat. Every week. You you find such great sponsors of this show. So much fun. It's biz dev, baby. Biz dev. <laughs> Incredible stuff. Um, this is the point of the show. Before we get out of here, we ask what our dogs think. What did your dog, what did your dogs, plural, think of the first episode of What If, of season two of What If? Well, I, I don't think they looked at one frame of that show because we just got back from being out of town. So they were just staring at me adoringly while I was looking at the screen. So. I missed I you. Where thought. did you go? Where did yeah. you go? <laughs> I love you. I love you. Why did you leave me? Uh, my dog was right by my side sleeping the whole time I was watching it. I watched it this morning at around nine o'clock and uh, I watched it and she was laying next to me sleeping. So she's not interested in seeing it, but she's intrigued enough to nap nearby. So you're, you're putting off a pleasing and relaxing vibe while you watch it. And I think that that's something yeah, to be said for it. I'm all about relaxing, pleasing vibes. That's all. That's the number one vibe I want to give off is relaxing and pleasing. Um, well, we did it. Another episode in the, in we the always bank. Do it. We always do it. Alex, where can the folks find you? I'm assuming at Duke midnight underscore midnight. Duke underscore midnight M I D N I T E on Instagram and threads and uh, wherever major magazines are sold. You can find me at Kenny G Stevenson on TikTok and Twitch. I will start putting content on both of those platforms in the new year. <laughs> and uh, Kenny G Donut King on Instagram and the other one, threads. Thank you. We got there. 
Um, yeah, we are one more show. We next week's show is the last show of 2023. And we're gonna we're just gonna blow your asses off with it. We're gonna, gonna but yeah, we're gonna we are there was a point where Alex and I were like, are we sure we want to talk about Aquaman? It's getting terrible reviews. But I feel like we have to we have to go see it because it's supposedly the end of the DCEU. Jason as, Momoa as has it. been Jason Momoa has been kidnapping people at the Grove and taking them into the movie theater to make them watch it. Um, <laughs> there, somebody posted like uh, a picture. I forget what website I was on. One of the websites on the internet, and it was like the DCEU officially comes to. Oh, it was on Threads. The DCEU officially comes to a close with the release of Aquaman, and it had a picture. And it was like, please post your favorite film. <laughs> Like your like your top five films or something like that. And it was like it showed all 16 movies that are considered part of the DC, which that sounds insane to say out loud. It does not feel like they're six. Doesn't it feel like they're only they've only made five? I don't they no, it feels like <laughs> they've made three and forty. And there's 16 movies, and it was like, name your favorites. And I was like, oh boy, like hard pressed. <laughs> like Wonder Woman, yes. And then I was like, um, Shazam. Yeah. The first Shazam. I was like the first Shazam. I was like, definitely none of the solo films of the justice league. I guess that my, the first Aquaman was fun. Right. Definitely not the flash. De definitely nothing Batman or Superman related. <laughs> um, yeah, it was like no. Shazam. And the first, I liked Wonder Woman 84. I know a lot of people think have thoughts about that film. I enjoyed that movie, but still, I was like, oh boy, I to hear that there were 16 movies in the DCU, that was jaw dropping. It, it did go long enough and far enough to get me both a Blue Beetle and a Dr. Fate. And I'll always be appreciative of that. But then, hey, the next guy's going to give me a Metamorpho and a Guy Gardner. So the DCEU can pound sand. All right. Yes. Yeah. All right, piss. On that note, everybody, <laughs> for those of y'all who celebrate Christmas, a happy Christmas, uh, happy winter solstice to those of us who are pagans, and um, <laughs> uh, happy holidays. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye, -bye. Bye Santa. Bye, Santa Claus.